turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. My friends, I have on the line an ER doctor, emergency room doctor, physician, and she's also a lawyer. She's in Los Angeles. I think uh, this should be most interesting. Dr. Gold, thank you for your time. Of course. Happy to be here. Thank you very much. So uh, a number of issues I'd like to uh, discuss with you. I'm not going to ask you the name of the hospital, but are you currently working? Do you work both as a lawyer and a physician? I'm working in the emergency department right now um, seeing patients to answer your question. Right. Okay. Now, we'll begin with the question of uh, hydroxychloroquine. Uh, you Do you prescribe it to those with COVID-19? I do. Um, so I have found the whole hydroxychloroquine discussion absolutely baffling. You know, I've been watching the COVID-19 uh, since it first emerged. And really, if somebody had said to the American people six weeks ago or eight weeks ago, that there's a medication that's widely available, cheap, can be scaled rapidly, um, has been FDA approved for 65 years, has had tens, if not hundreds of millions of usages. If we could have that for COVID-19, I think everybody would have jumped on that bandwagon. And so it, it, it's shocking to see what's happened, how politicized it's become. How have the results been with patients with COVID-19? So I had heard that patients got better very quickly, which I found very curious because in most of infectious diseases, it's not that rapid. But then I thought for myself, I've had, I've had many inpatients, but I've had a couple of outpatients, meaning people who came to the emergency department who then could be discharged. And I've done that twice because our hospital doesn't want us to really do that for the outpatients. Both of them had the exact same thing I'd heard on other media, which is both of them got rapidly quicker, uh, improved within about 12 hours. And they were positive, obviously. Confirmed positive. Right. Now, the only reason I was, the only reason I was able to do that is because we got the testing that you could get it done in an hour. Prior to that, we, you know, I couldn't have done it so quickly. What about people in more advanced stages of the disease in a hospital? Are they being prescribed it by you or anyone else? Yes, yeah, so that changed. Um, I have always been a fan of a hydroxychloroquine, partly because, you know, there is no other specific treatment and partly just the mechanism of the drug seems like it's likely to be effective. Um, but our hospital, didn't, like many hospitals, most hospitals, was not using it for inpatient until a, about two weeks ago, I think is about when we changed, and then all of a sudden we changed. Now we use it. Why the change two weeks ago? So I think that's a great question, you know, and it's just to remind the listeners that at some point there comes enough pressure or enough enough decision makers all agree to change something because I was an advocate for it. But I would say that I was pretty alone in that. And I wasn't involved in the reason why the hospital changed. But, you know, I came to work one day. Now, all of a sudden we were doing it. And there really is no more. I don't think that evidence changed from a Monday to a Tuesday. 
But at one point, we just decided to do it. I was not privy to why. <laughs> but but yeah. nobody gave you a but reason? May I, may I say, yeah, yeah may please. I say something else about that? Sure. That's interesting about that? Yeah. So uh, one of the reasons I wanted to talk with you is when that change came about, you know, I, I kind of rolled my eyes. I'm like, really? It, what was so different from last week? But okay. Then when I started prescribing for outpatients, both mostly because I had to confirm test right there in the ER, um, I was given a lot of pushback about prescribing for outpatients. And one of the reasons I was given pushback is the quote-unquote wasn't indicated. And I said, well, it, you know, it's not indicated for inpatients either. You know, you know, we just decided that it was, and so now we're doing it. And I said, in two weeks from now, you'll tell me that it is indicated, but, you know, just come back and say to me, good job. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's a bit of a moving target. I'm not, I'm not picking on any one hospital individually, but I do find it concerning as a physician um, how physicians have become so politicized without themselves really how politicized. So, so much for the notion that, that scientists only care about science. So I'll tell you what's been really demoralizing about this whole episode that I've never seen in my career is I've talked to so many physicians who I know on other levels, and I believe that they don't even see that they're politicized. And that's been very distressing to me because I think when you look at the science, it's not really that debatable. When you look at a drug to see if you should use it, you look for two things. Is it safe and does it work? That's it. Safety and efficacy and discussion. Right. And when you come to hydroxychloroquine, there is absolutely no safety argument at all. It's totally safe as far as drugs are safe. You know, life has got an inherent risk of death to it as well. So it's been around, like I said, for 65 years. There's been tens, if not hundreds of millions of dosages. There's even been studies about this heart thing. And, you know, it's very, very, it's considered a very safe drug. This is extremely important to me to understand Am I correct in inferring from what you say that you're baffled by your colleagues' uh, hostility to hydroxychloroquine? I'm totally baffled. As if, At the end of the day, we're supposed to be scientists, and I've never had conversations like I'm having in my entire career. Uh, what's very upsetting is people don't realize that they've been politicized. So I've talked to some friends who are more on the left. And I get that they're, they can't see their politics. But I've talked to a lot of people who I think aren't particularly political at all, but they've been so heavily influenced by the media that they'll say things to me like it's not safe. And I said, you know, show me the evidence that it's not safe. It's, it's, a, it's a straw man to say that it's not safe. It's, it's not a real argument. So as soon as somebody says to me it's not safe, I know that our conversation is over. They, they don't understand. Well, if it's not safe, have they been baffled by your hospital's turnaround? Right. So, no, which I find, I think I find the amnesia very, very upsetting. The amnesia, what a great term. (laughs) It's very upsetting. Um, There's so many things about this situation that are so disturbing. Um, I think it bothers me more because of my law background as well, because I see the threat is legal and the threat is not really medical at this point. That's not to minimize anyone's suffering, of course. Um, but we need to we need to look at the facts. We need to make decisions for society based on the facts. So, have you seen people now? Not not outpatient, inpatient. That the the COVID nineteen was serious enough for them to be hospitalized in the last two weeks. Are you familiar with any of those patients being given hydroxychloroquine? Yes. No. Absolutely. I think it's really standard. And, 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 and what is the and what have the results been? 
I wouldn't be in a position to say. I, I really think you have to wait for the data. But of the data that's available now, all of it is either beneficial or can't say. So would you recommend it? Would you recommend it as a prophylactic? That's a really tough question. I'm so glad you asked that. Um, for people to understand how political this issue has become, uh, I absolutely would recommend it prophylactically, but but I can see also holding off to wait to see if you've got an exposure. And I want to point out to your listeners that we don't recommend it prophylactically for healthcare workers. I think it's a good question, but the country of India does recommend it. It's a national policy that healthcare workers should take it. So I want you to read your listeners to understand that there's a big debate out there. You're just not hearing about it in America. Well, they're hearing about it on this show. <laughs> I exactly. Will, I will tell you that. They're not, they're not hearing about it on CNN or the New York Times, which continues to write articles against hydroxychloroquine. The, the, uh, this is truly corruption because uh, moral corruption, because the science has yes. taken a back seat to hatred of the president. Right. And I'm, but I'm most disturbed about the people who don't understand that they've been politicized. So when people are talking about the heart problems with the hydroxychloroquine, I want your listeners to be the first people, you know, lay people to understand. They're going to start hearing about some cases, right? Only because tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people are now going to be prescribed this drug, maybe more than maybe even in the millions. You know, our president ordered 29 million dosages. So, of course, a couple of people here and there will have some side effects just based on the numbers. And I believe that the media will spin that and say this person died from this. Um, but obviously, you know, you have to look at the numerator and the denominator. Are you, uh, are you alone in your thinking in your hospital among your colleagues? Uh, <laughs> okay, so this is a good story. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I would say I'm in the minority. I don't know what it would be like in a different part of the country. But I will tell you that two doctors have come to me to get the COVID test. Both of them said they would absolutely take it. They were upset the test was negative because they wanted to start the medicine. They both had the medicine, and they both wanted to start the medicine. So, you know, I think what people say publicly and maybe what they do privately might be different. Yeah. Will they know that you were on this show? So I'm not sure. Probably someone will stay, but I'm not discussing. I don't think I think my hospital is actually a very good hospital. I think their response has been um, really they've stood up. I don't think they're doing any different than other mainstream hospitals in terms of the hydroxychloroquine. I think they're in the middle of the pack. I really don't have anything against my hospital. They've been very good with the PPE and, you know, they've been treated the nurses very well. So I've got, I've got no complaints. My concern is that people have become politicized. And that's okay, but I don't think patients understand this. You know, you read the headlines, and it, it's not at all being reported in a balanced way. That's um, right. You know, for example, they're, they're speculating that Trump would make money off hydroxychloroquine. I know, I know. It's, it's mind-blowing. Yes. I'm curious, yeah, if, you, you, were, no if you were the advisor to Governor Newsom, what would you <laughs> say he should do as of May 1st? I think the economy closing was a mistake. I think the economy absolutely should be opened. And I use as supporting data for that, that I think around, it seems to me about 50% of our businesses are opened. When you look at the mail and UPS and supermarkets and pharmacies, you know, a lot of businesses are open. We've also had a period of time in America where we've 
adapted our social behaviors a bit to understand this. So I don't know why you couldn't take that into a work environment. You know, I go to work every day. The nurses go to work every day. So we could we could adapt, and the harm is very real. As you talked about, if people are out of work, it leads to all kinds of health um, and personal issues. Would you go to a restaurant if, if one were open? So I would. Um, I don't know what he's going to do about restaurants. I, you know, this, I'm very surprised this has become as big a political economic problem as it has, because this is a disease that really kills sick patients. It also, elderly are vulnerable as well, but it's mainly people with pre-existing conditions. And I'm not unsympathetic to that, but there's an old expression in medicine that pneumonia is an old man's best friend. You know, nobody leaves this planet alive. And the deaths have been overwhelmingly in patients who've had pre-existing conditions, specifically diabetes, um, COPD, coronary artery disease. Um, so I think it's an important, um, it's important if you have pre-existing conditions to be cautious. But your question, I think, came up because of restaurants. And I absolutely would return to restaurants, no, no doubt about it. Me too. The day they open, I will be there. And I will, I will, I will give the uh, the waiter or waitress a thirty five percent tip. Right, I've given everybody big tips. And you know, we have to be very cautious about calling all these people COVID nineteen deaths. I mean, you know, it's it's an interesting thing. Sometimes, you know, even before COVID nineteen, there were people dying in the ER, and sometimes I would be required to write a death certificate. And you can imagine in the ER, you don't know the patients quite well. And it's very serious business what you write on the death certificate, very serious. So if a person comes in and they're having, and they died of a heart attack, for example, I can tell that in the ER. So I might write myocardial infarction. And most people who have a myocardial infarction will have underlying coronary artery disease. But if I don't know they have coronary artery disease, I won't write that on the death certificate. I won't guess that they do, right? You have to be very precise. Mm -hmm. So it's disturbing to me to hear that there are doctors who are being who are writing death certificates without confirmed diagnosis of COVID-19, 